Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Wednesday, July 29th. S&P futures are essentially unchanged. They're about up three points. They've been relatively steady for the last few hours of, of a little volatility, a couple points down and up, but really no major movement. The big European indices are trading also about unchanged overall. Asia was mixed overnight. Mainland China was very strong. Japan saw weakness. Um, so just running through the big items this morning, in terms of macro news, you know, again, very quiet overnight. No major developments, I would say, from the U.S. close on Tuesday. Just running through the big themes, um, you know, on the state of the U.S. recovery, you know, clearly we've had mounting evidence pointing to a plateauing in, in the rebound. You're not seeing a sharp reversal, but you are seeing a plateauing. Um, you know, Visa, I think, was the most important U.S. report last night from a macro perspective. They give out a lot of granular charts showing on a weekly basis the trajectory of, of consumer spending trends. And again, you can see on the charts that there has been a plateauing. Um, and so again, that to me is um, you know clearly a major development in the U.S. It's not simply a function of COVID, although that's a huge driver. Obviously, you had a huge increase in cases throughout June and July. You are seeing a plateauing in certain major states. It's plateauing at huge, uh, at very elevated levels. And you actually are seeing other states. So not Arizona, Florida, California, Texas. You are seeing in some other states, albeit smaller ones. Um, you know, troubling signs of uh, of transmission increases, and you're still seeing hospitalizations and fatalities increase. So, I know there was some optimism on Monday that the plateauing in those COVID transmissions in those certain states is positive. Um, again, I don't agree with that, um, but I also do think there are other factors that are contributing to the plateauing um, in the in the recovery that we've seen. And again, a lot of that has to do with just you know most of the government lockdown restrictions have been lifted, so that reopening process. That tailwind is largely complete. Now it's a question of consumers normalizing their own individual uh, behavior, their economic behavior. A lot of pent up spending that had been um, that had been delayed because of the lockdown. A lot of that has been exhausted. You had a lot of spending that had to take place as individuals adjusted to working from home, learning from home. That is largely complete. And then obviously you have stimulus that's been exhausted. So for a variety of reasons, I think you're seeing this plateauing occur. Um, and this is probably, you know, this will be the biggest theme to watch going forward. And the next major data point will be the jobless claims tomorrow morning. Um, so that's kind of the U.S. recovery on U.S. stimulus. No movement really overnight. You know, again, the two sides are very far apart. Not only are the two sides very far apart, but the Republicans seem to hate their own bill, which is obviously uh, a huge obstacle as far as McConnell trying to negotiate with Pelosi. So, um, you know, this is still going to take some time. Um, you know, if it goes into next week and there still is no movement, you probably could see them break off the unemployment benefits and resolve that first and then try to tackle some of the more complicated issues. Um, you know, again, I think most people assume the finished product will be about a trillion and a half. Um, you'll probably see that $200 per week GOP offer inch higher, um, but probably no more than 300. Both sides seem to be in agreement on another round of one-time stimulus checks. Um, you know, McConnell's main pri priority seems to be liability protection. He does not seem as passionate about some of the spending figures that were in his bill, suggesting that he'd be willing to move up from the, the you know, the one trillion price tag. Um, but obviously, this is all a work in, um, you know, it's going to take some time. And like I said, the divisions among Republicans is as big an obstacle as the divisions between the two sides. On COVID, again, I already ran through some of the figures as far as transmission developments, et cetera. Uh, on the vaccines, you know, I think you are seeing the markets become a little bit more realistic, um, cynical rather, you know, in terms of some of the news headlines. So 
the big candidates are now in their phase three trials or are about to be in their phase three trials. And this is going to be testing to see if the immunological response that a lot of them have been able to generate in the body um, will actually confer immunity. And this is going to take a couple of months. Um, you know, so a lot of the big vaccine developments are out of the way. Now it's just waiting to hear about the outcomes of these phase three trials. Um, that being said, Russia apparently is preparing to approved uh, is pre- is preparing to a, to approve a vaccine by August tenth. Um, there has been no data published on this vaccine. There are major questions on its safety and efficacy. Nevertheless, um, you know you may see a headline about Russia approving a vaccine. I don't really think that should move the narrative dramatically, just given that um, it's probably not something people will be rushing to take. Um, so that is essentially everything on COVID. I thought one of the more important development was from the Pfizer conference call yesterday, where management basically talked about, um, you know, the the vaccine shot to the extent one is approved and and is uh, and is effective, that will it will be a seasonal event going for the next several years. So again, it looks like you're going to require two doses of this thing um, a couple of weeks apart, and then you'll have to do that annually. So essentially, like the flu shot, except there'll be two of them. Um, so, uh, you know, to the, I think markets had been assuming that this is, um, you know, it will be a, a inflection point whereby you'll get a one-time shot with, um, you know, immunity lasting several, several years, if not decades. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's far from the case just as far as how the science is unfolding. Um, so that is essentially the big macro trends for earnings, just running through, um, some of the big ones in the last 12 hours. AMD, Juniper, Starbucks, all were solid versus expectations. Um, you know, for Starbucks, I know there was some hype about their commentary on the call about comp trends. You know, in general, they left their guidance um, mostly unchanged for the year fiscal fourth quarter, which is their September quarter. Um, you know, so I don't think there's anything to get terribly excited about as far as Starbucks signaling a, a dramatic shift in the U.S. Uh, economy. Visa, much more important as far as just a gauge of the overall U.S. consumer. I mean, like I said, the fact that you're, you know, they're seeing a plateauing in consumer spending trends. Also, they, they know they're still not providing guidance um, was clearly underwhelming. Seagate was probably the big disappointment um, in terms of earnings last night for the U.S. There are a ton of other reports. I have summaries of everyone in the piece this morning. Um, looking into Europe today, the caring numbers, which hit um, in the middle of the U.S. session yesterday after the European close, better than LVMH versus expectations. So that stock is rallying and rebounding. Schneider Electric was positive. Capgemini was positive. Um, on the disappointment front, Barclays, BASF, Santander, and Taylor Whitney, uh, the home builder in the UK, all underperformed, and those stocks are coming for sale as a result. For the US session today, obviously the Fed will be very much in focus. You'll get two o'clock the statement. We are not going to get a supplemental this time around, and then the press conference is at 2 30. I have a preview out that I had a couple of days ago. I have a link to it again in the piece this morning. Um, you know, this should be very uneventful. There are not they are not expected to take any policy major policy steps at this point in time. Um, nor should they. Just given that again, the U.S. economy is at an important inflection point. Um, as you're seeing the recovery plateau, I think the Fed is very much in a wait and see mode. I also don't think they want to um, get in the middle of the fiscal negotiations in Washington. So. Very likely at the September meeting, you'll see um, you know a formal forward guidance and then QE schedule. Uh, to me, the most interesting point part of today's Fed release would be any questions posed to Powell about his thoughts on the dollar or gold. 
clearly those two assets are pointing to market anxiety with the Fed's extraordinary amounts of uh, policy accommodation. Um, you know, pointing, suggesting that there is a downside to what the Fed is doing. And so I think it'd be very interesting to hear what Powell's views on the dollar weakness and, and the gold um, surge. Uh, and, and, if, and if that is tempering at all, um, you know, the Fed's, uh, the Fed's appetite for further accommodation. Other than that, I do not think this tech CEO hearing will be all that important. It's going to make for interesting TV. Um, it will get a ton of focus, a lot of media coverage. I just don't think it's going to have much bearing on anything. Uh, and so earnings will be the big focus. The main ones this morning before the open, Boeing, GE, GM, Shopify, Spotify. And then after the close, the big ones are PayPal, Qualcomm, ServiceNow, LAM Research. Uh, so that is everything for today. Um, and then just my views on the market are the same as before. I have, an, I have a paragraph um, stating them this morning in the piece. Um, you know, again, I continue to be, uh, I continue to find the risk reward very unappealing. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.